Are you recording it? Yeah. Wait, no, you started over. I want to... No, like, it doesn't matter. We can always edit it. No, but I want to introduce you. Oh, fair. I want to introduce you really bad. Okay, just, like, just let it run. Just, like, introduce me. Okay. I'm so happy to be here for the inaugural edition of the Locker Room Guys podcast. And I'm here... So happy for my first, my very first guest. Uh, he is the smartest guy in the room. That's not true. Easily the smartest guy in the room, in every room. And I feel like he could have been on that movie with Enron had he been alive at the time. John Okrasik. <laughs> had, had I not been three years old. <laughs> <laughs> had he not been three years old. John Okrasik, how are you doing, man? I'm doing very well, Joey. You know, we're, we're getting into the thick of it in the first podcast, really. I mean, going for politics, that's a bold move. Well, I'm shooting for gold, and I always do that. Everyone knows that. But uh, I want to give everyone a little background on like what you do and how you are like a specialist in this, in this, uh, on this politics field. <laughs> okay, so I don't, I don't know if I'm a specialist, but uh, I I am in politics. Yes. Um, no, I really just started. I loved history as a kid growing up, right. and uh, I came into Belmont as a music business major, like a lot of people, but realized that wasn't for me. So I'm an Same. economics major with a political science minor, and really hoping to get into kind of the policy side of things. But I'm also uh, interning right now at a political consulting firm. Okay. So I'm in the biz, maybe. I don't know. Can you say that? Probably not. So you're at a political consulting firm, and yet do you do you feel that the people that you work with are almost like beneath you? Just <laughs> just in a sense that like they're they're supporting these policies and they're pushing all these things, but you're in your mind you're like like I'm smarter than this. Just like let me run the damn show, you know. The fact that they may hear this at some point means that, <laughs> <laughs> that I have to be choosy with my Fair. words, I suppose. Fair. Um, no, no, I don't think so at all. I'm, I'm learning a lot with them, really. I, I've never... there. I mean, there's a guy who I work with who has managed Wisconsin for Hillary's campaign in 08. Right. And people who've done some really big campaigns. And I... Yes, I know a good amount about the current American political system, in terms of what the average layperson can know, but I'm not an insider yet. Yet. I'm not an insider well, You're yet. my insider, and I'm telling you right now, <laughs> we need to get you behind the wheel. But what I wanted to get you here and ask you about was the Republican debate that just happened, because I, I'm sure a lot of people that are going to listen to this are like me, and they don't know squat about politics or anything that <laughs> happened. In fact, I was just looking it up, and I think the only two candidates that I know that are running are the Donald, my favorite, and... Uh, and my guy Ben Carson, so your boy, your <laughs> yeah, boy Benny boy. C, my boys from the from the same church, I think. <laughs> so I wanted to get get your thoughts on what the debate was like, and if there are any front runners aside from those two. Yeah, I mean, so if you look at the, there's been two uh, national polls recently. Um, one of them was an NBC and uh, I think Washington Post uh, poll, and then another one was another poll um, that was just recently put out. I can't remember who it was. Um, I think it was Quinnipiac or something like right. that. Um, where Ben Carson is actually leading Trump in national polls right now. I wanted to ask you about that as well because, like, conceptually in my mind, I just don't understand it. Like, how can anyone beat the Donald in that hair? You know, <laughs> you ask great questions. Thank Shelley, you. Really. That's what I'm here um, for. You know, I, I think that, that Carson is really, 
I think people really respect his straightforwardness. Right. Um, I don't think he has a very good, at least from my opinion, it didn't seem like he had a, a really good command on how an economy actually works <laughs> um, from, from the things that he was saying in the last GOP debate, right. the CNBC one. Um, but, but I think Ben Carson is, uh, this is the year of the political outsider, right? We have Donald Trump doing extremely well ever mm-hmm. since he hit the top of the polls mm-hmm. in June, July. Uh, ben Carson is doing well. Carly Fiorina was making some splashes, but then kind of fell off, and she's polling at like 2% right now. So, I mean, she's mm-hmm. essentially out. Um, and, and then you see someone like Bernie Sanders, who is, is not really uh, kind of in the political establishment. I mean, he is an independent candidate um, who is on the Democratic ticket right now, right. but has always been an independent senator from Vermont. So I think that people are fed up with Washington. Um, and, and you hear, it's interesting, listening to all of these all of the, even the establishment candidates like Hillary, like Marco Rubio. I mean, Ted Cruz doesn't consider himself an establishment candidate, um, but you know, people who are in Washington even say, "I'm not in Washington. I, I can fight Washington." Um, and I, I think that that has really taken hold in the American electorate um, this year, especially, um, but has been increasing ever since the financial crisis of 2008 because we saw that there were a lot of uh, regulations that weren't put in place on banks and on um, the stock market and on hedge funds and things like that that should have been in place and Congress should have passed. And we as the American people saw that Congress essentially wasn't doing their job, wasn't regulating Wall Street. And we think now that someone who is not from Washington, quote right. unquote, uh, will be the one to fix that. And I, I don't necessarily know know how true that is. Um but, but yeah, I mean, you see Carson doing really well in the polls right now. Trump is still holding pretty steady. I think he only that's lost good. 1%. Um, that's good. That's, m- that's kind of the idea we're looking for. We want more Trump. I think <laughs> everyone wants more Trump. You know, I think the Democrats want more Trump. Everyone I think that Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know about the other GOP candidates, but I think the Democrats want Trump because he is making the Republicans look crazy, frankly. <laughs> um, and I, I think he's doing wonders. I actually have a crazy conspiracy theory. Um, I'd love to hear it, man, because I've been a cartoon fan all my life. I always watched the Looney Tunes. Space Jam was my movie back when I was a kid, and I felt like Donald Trump could fit in right with the role. Like, I feel like he could have been playing basketball along with Charles Barkley and Bugs Bunny (laughs) in that movie the entire time. So hit us with that conspiracy. What's what's going on in there? Okay, so it you know as Donald Trump pointed out in the very first CNN GOP debate, right? He has given a lot of money money to Hillary's campaign. Tons of money. Tons of money, right? <laughs> Tons of money. And Hillary showed up at his wedding, as he famously said in that first debate. I think I have absolutely no basis for this. I, there's no facts that I can cite that would prove this other than a hunch that I have. I think Hillary is paying the Donald to run <laughs> to make the Republicans crazy and yeah. make it easier for her to win. I mean, I can see that. I mean, Donald, I mean, he's, I, of like the clips I've seen in his debates, I, t- I had two takeaways. One, that he doesn't have time for political correctness. True. Which everyone loves. I think people respect that, yeah. And he's only said bad things about women if it's Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> which I love as well. And Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and I don't... 
it's hard to take Trump seriously when he doesn't <laughs> appeal to a, yeah. a, a, half the population, essentially, or That's more than fair. half, because, I mean, he, he's essentially appealing to white males, older white males, and... The, I mean, that's a pretty small segment of our population here in, a, yeah. in the melting pot and maybe, that we call and maybe men our age that think he's that think he's hysterical. I think yeah. I think I think most of our friends do at least. Yeah, <laughs> people think he's funny. I, I I still am shocked that people actually take him seriously. Yeah, I don't know how they do as either. a candidate. I mean, who would you who would you want going to a a, a summit of world leaders, a G eight summit? And talking to <laughs> Angela Merkel and <laughs> David Cameron and people like that. Do you like if we just look at the GOP field? Granted, I'm a Democrat. Well, progressive. I don't, you know, don't really like the party right. label, but I'll call myself a Democrat for simplistic, uh, simple purposes. But who who do you want out of the Republican <laughs> field going to a G8 summit to talk about how to stop ISIS? If I if I'm being honest, I'd rather I'd rather send Tom Brady than send Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. We know that Tom Brady is the best diplomat America has. Unfortunately, he's right. throwing bombs on the touchdown on the feet, on the football field. Yeah. I mean, Gronk's running through your secondary. <laughs> We're screening people. We I, may be cheating along the way, but the Patriots are seven and zero, and I feel like, I mean, send Belichick. Send. Send Roger Goodell. I feel like he would do a better job. <laughs> he can barely run a. He can barely run a league. But goddamn it, could he? Could he? Could he sit in a meeting like that and shake his head? I would. I would love to see um, Shinji Pin, uh, the, the Chinese premier. Yeah. I would love to see him hand Gronkowski like a climate agreement, and then Gronk just spike it right in his face he and say, everything. "No, we are not taking this." <laughs> We gotta make him a diplomat. That's diplomacy, right? We there. got to that make him a diplomat. That is true diplomacy. But I mean, to answer your question, I don't know. I don't know who I'd say. Ben Carson, I think, would do okay. I mean, I don't know if Ben Carson has. He's almost too quiet, and I think people like that—that that he's not this loud, like boisterous right. kind of kind of uh, person. But but I don't know if he has that strong leadership kind of potential. I mean, does any Republican candidate? You know, I, if if I had to vote for a Republican right now. It would probably be Kasich. Um, right. He's a, a former Ohio governor. Um, he, I thought, actually had some very good points in the debate. I mean, he's probably the most moderate out of them. I like Rubio's leadership style, actually. Right. I think he's kind of the most put together. He's he's pretty cool, calm, and collected. He doesn't really come out attacking other candidates really that much, um, which I respect. Um, but you know, I, I don't want the donald uh <laughs> having tea with david cameron or yeah, the new I, the new canadian prime minister have you seen him no i'm, I'm just the, so justin torn. trudeau have you seen you got to see a picture of justin trudeau i'm just so torn because the donald's my guy and i want him to go if not win to go as far as he can just how, so i can see more how the can donald. the donald compete with the new canadian prime minister when the canadian prime minister that looks man like that? looks so canadian he's gorgeous yeah, I'm not going to argue there. He does. I mean, Donald looks like he, he had some sort of sugar glider crawl up <laughs> on his head and die. And he then does. I mean, that's fair. Kind of melt to his head. That's fair, but I and don't think anyone could be as charismatic, 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 charismatic as the Donald. No, that's true. Um, uh, is President some someone we want to be super charismatic, though? Yeah, absolutely. I think so, to I an th- extent. 
I mean, from what I've seen, it seems that people vote for the people they can relate most to. Yes. And you think that's a good thing? No, probably not. I don't. I don't vote that way. I vote for the people that I could see, like doing a fairly decent job of like, of ruling my country yeah. and making good decisions in times of crisis and things like that. But yeah. So I kind of ignore the issues. I toss the issues out the side, and I, <laughs> and I just look at them. I'm like, well, I mean, it, like under gunpoint, would this guy make a good decision? Well, to- what was the, the there was a question that was going around um, a lot in the 2008 uh, campaign, yeah. which was, who do you want answering the phone at 2 a.m.? Um, <laughs> kind of like I think it was I think it was in the 2004 campaign. They they were like, you know, who do you want who do you want to have a beer with? Oh, and... Barack the Rock. That was an easy choice. I think that was like pretty representative about the. Uh, I mean, how it went. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, no, I agree. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe the Donald would do well in in crisis times. Um, I mean, Ben Carson, he's a former surgeon, so a brain surgeon. I mean, brain I, surgeon, heart surgeon. I mean, he must have good hands, but I don't know that he would do well. It's a pretty high pressure crisis. situation. He knows how to handle pressure. I don't know about crisis situation. But he knows how to handle pressure. <laughs> I think Hill Dog would do well under pressure. Too. I think she would too. Well, I mean, she has the most experience, you know, d- being a diplomat as Secretary of State yeah. and, and in the Senate. And I mean, not a diplomat in the Senate, but you know, those kind of those really when the going gets tough. I mean, she's right. she's been through it. And as someone that doesn't take this as seriously as most, I would do almost anything to get Wild Bill back in office. <laughs> Like if we could get him back in the house, could you imagine? I think I think you should propose a constitutional amendment, and you should really start uh, rallying the troops that y- it's two consecutive terms, not just two <laughs> terms as president. We need Wild Bill minutes. back. Wild Bill is the most likable person I've ever seen in my entire His life. His favorability ratings have gone through the roof since he left office, which was after the sex scandal. I think people actually respect the fact that he was getting head from an intern. That's baller. That is so baller. Have you seen have you seen Parks and Rec? Yes. Dude, there's a there's a guy, oh man. I don't even remember what it's called. Uh on like the city board or something, but he just always has sex scandals and every time Wait, he has, the, is it the the dentist guy? No, who... no. That's Jam. Jam, yes. No, it's a different oh. guy. Mm. I, I don't remember his name, but he just has sex scandal after sex scandal. <laughs> like just rails all these women and like his approval just go out the roof every every <laughs> single time he has another one <laughs> people respect it you know i i frankly don't care if a candidate is having like out sex outside of marriage like i i, I say no I don't, I don't i wouldn't say like i mean support the sanctity of your marriage but i mean if, if sex is like a stress relief for sure for a lot of people yeah it's exercise with a happy ending if that if that helps wild bill <laughs> Make better decisions. I'm all about it. You know, I, as long as it doesn't affect his ability to govern, well, I don't care. I don't think he's a porn star. <laughs> I don't think he ever had that kind of performance. That would be the best-selling porno of all time. Wild Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Wild Bill goes rogue. I think you need to call it like Wild Willie at that point or something <laughs> like that. But uh... Bill's my guy, though, man. I wish we could have him back. Sir. Wait, we can get him back? You know, the economy did incredibly well under Clinton. Um, whether that was all his fault, was it all his responsibility, or just kind of his point in time, I'm not entirely sure. But Has debt been a major issue in the selections and the debates and stuff like that? Um, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, Thank you. I, I, think that, <laughs> I think that politicians think it should be a big issue. And you've seen 
Um, you saw it with the debt deal that just got done, right? Uh, with with the with the new speaker coming in, kind of after it happened. Here's here's my other conspiracy. My second conspiracy. I love for the night. Bring them. Um, so you know, Kevin McCarthy was supposed to be the new speaker of the house. Uh, after John Boehner. He was kind of Boehner's chosen successor. They were about to have the vote. There were a couple challengers, but they weren't really they weren't really anyone. And then all of a sudden, 10 minutes before they were supposed to have the vote, McCarthy says, no, I'm resigning, and backs out, and the House goes into frenzy. And, That's one of the biggest power moves I've ever heard. Right? Yeah. No, I'm totally going to take this job. Nah. Neymar, Neymar, <laughs> he hit him with the Neymar. <laughs> he hit him with the Neymar right there. It was incredible. So <laughs> that's so fire. But okay, so here, here's the conspiracy theory. I think it was McCarthy's plan the entire time to pull out right at the end and prolong this House search, this House Speaker search, right. longer because Boehner knew that he needed to get a debt deal done, and so or a budget deal done, and so. With him still in power, he could just kind of negotiate whatever deal he wanted with the Democrats, rally enough. I mean, he would whip the votes in, you know, a small majority of the or small minority of the Republican Party because a lot of Republicans voted against it. Right. Um, But he would whip the votes needed to pass it. And that way. Uh, the Republicans would be blamed. There were a bunch of polls that came out that um, that uh, were looking at Americans' views on uh, this debt crisis and the budget crisis. Right. And if the government had shut down, the American people were overwhelmingly going to blame it on the Republicans. And so I think Boehner and McCarthy uh, essentially kind of fell on the sword for the Republican Party to increase their chances of actually of actually winning in 2016. I'm not sure how obscure that actually is from what i've seen and from the people i've talked to that have been in law and politics that i've been close to they say the stuff that's in house of cards and people whipping votes and like doing like really shady stuff isn't that far off the table like that kind of stuff actually happens no i mean it it makes perfect sense too because you know this is this is the far-sightedness of of boehner and the republican establishment against the more conservative right-wingers, the Tea Partiers, who are saying, no, we need to defund Planned Parenthood right now. It's just crazy. And you can leverage IOUs and stuff like that kind of stuff happens in politics. Happens and I, I think a lot of people don't think about that That's why all. it's called politics and not policymaking, right? I mean, it is about politicking. It's not about making policy. White girl um, politicking, man. Exactly. We need to get With- Sarah Palin back, too. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> White not girl politicking. we need back. We, we do not need her back at all. She's too crazy. They're all crazy. <laughs> They're all terrible. Not Except for Wild Bill, though. Wild Bill's calm. <laughs> He's calm in the clutch. I feel like, uh, man, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just a fan of some of these guys. I just, I just want to see him back in action. <laughs> okay, so, well, you know, the, the next Democratic debate is uh, this Friday, actually. Are you fired up about it? Uh, I am, except I'm going to be uh, busy, unfortunately, and I, I can't go. Um, can't go. Or you I already watch? can't watch it. I'm, I'm going. Yeah, record it. Yeah. Watch the highlights. I mean, <laughs> I mean, what what are we looking to see in that debate? Can I can I get like a Sports Center top ten of the uh, of the debate? Oh, I'll give you one. Will you? Yeah. Okay. Assuming I watch it, or like I watch highlights and then regurgitate them to you, I'll definitely give you a top ten. Regurgitate them like a like a mother bird feeding a baby bird. Easily, dude. My, I, my political worm. I will projectile vomit these political views straight at you. <laughs> <laughs> But no, what what are we looking to see in the debate? Like, what what are some of the issues? What are the people we're looking to see? Um, you know, I, I can't remember who's hosting it. I I want to say it's 
NBC or CNBC. Um, you know, I, I think that, well, Chafee, Ch- Webb is out. He's thinking about running as an independent. Um, I'm pretty sure Chafee is out, too. Okay. Um, I heard that Lawrence Lessig, actually, is going to get an invite. Do you know who Lawrence Lessig is? I don't know. He seems like a power player. He is a professor of uh, political science, I believe. Uh, oh, and look at this. He's got Politico, Lessig drops out of presidential race. Uh, well, Lessig was invited to this, uh, this oh, debate God. that's on Friday, but he dropped out. Um, the Center of Ethics at Harvard? Yeah, he's a, he's a, pro, he's a oh, professor. No. Um, and he, was, he called himself a referendum presidential candidate. So He looks terrifying. He raised a million dollars on, it was like GoFundMe or Kickstarter or he's something. He's crowdfunding? Uh, yeah, he crowdfunded oh, his campaign. Now, Lessig... well, it was an interesting idea, though. So he was saying, give me this money. If I get to a million dollars, then I'll run, and you guys won't get your money back. If I don't, then you'll get your money back, and so it won't be like kind of a wasted political endorsement. Um, But he was saying, look, we need to fix campaign finance in the American political system Yeah, I mean, I've seen that. That is kind of an issue. Yeah, and well, is it though? I don't know, but we can get into that later. But Lawrence Lessig actually uh, said, if you elect me as president— I will push through campaign finance reform as a referendum candidate, as in you elected me to do this and then immediately resign and give it over to the vice president. And that was all that he would do as as president, which was kind of an interesting idea, actually. He would hit him with um, the name on, too. Yeah, right? You know, name mind on this whole presidency <laughs> thing. Please vote me president. Well, I, I, I kind of wondered if it was just kind of a, a reverse psychology uh, way to get into the presidency. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'll resign. My, my favorite nah. part of like this whole process has been when the Donald's been campaigning. And he'll say, I have the answers. I have all the answers. And I'll tell you when what I'm answers, president. What answers, Donald? <laughs> and then I'll tell you when I'm president. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I'll only tell you if I get elected. Of course. Because why, why would I tell you before? That, that's, love not what it, that's not what a campaign is It's like is every for. time he talks, it's a commercial break. I'm constantly <laughs> sitting on the edge of my seat. Waiting for the daughter to tell me his, like, all the solutions yeah. I'm ready to hear. <laughs> but debate, debate. So this debate this Friday. Right, yes. So I, I think that you, we saw that in the last Republican debate, it was all focused on the economy. I, I don't know if there's, um, I haven't looked into it, if there's, a, if there's a specific topic for this debate or if it's just kind of a more general debate. Um, but I think, I think you'll see Hillary with another really strong performance. Um, I think that she... She has the the most resources out of any Democratic candidate. Um, I mean, O'Malley registered a little blip after the last debate. Bernie right. pretty much held steady. She did too. Um, and and I think that you know, a, as much as Bernie wants to be uh, a very polite and respectful candidate, you know, he didn't attack Hillary in the last debate. And none of the presidential, the Democratic presidential candidates really did. Right. And and I think that that, unfortunately, is, might spell disaster for Bernie. Um, you know, I want to see him put up a good fight against Hillary. But, you know, if he's not willing to, to really get in there and kind of play the political game, I just don't know if the American electorate is ready for the revolution that that Bernie is really talking about. Be honest with me. Is Bernie's age a concern for many voters? I think so. I mean, he's what, 80, 81? Uh, No, 70? Your answer is he's wicked old. (laughs) 
He's <laughs> wicked old. He seventy four. Seventy four. Okay, so he'll be he'll be eighty one, I think, uh, or eighty. Eighty one. Six. Eighty two. When if he got like, I was thinking about at the end of eight years, if he got elected to another term after he got elected Dude, to the so first old. term. I mean, that is really. Uh, he doesn't look it, which is good. I think. Um, I think he probably looks like he's in his late sixties. He looks decrepit. Um, but but I think that yeah, I think that is a big issue for people. And, and I think that that Bernie, I don't I don't know if that's the biggest issue necessarily. I think that Bernie is really trying to get this grassroots movement going. Um, I mean, he's not taking any money from from super PACs. Um, I think that he he's really trying to tap into the populist message that you've honestly seen. Donald Trump tapping into also. I mean, you can make a, the argument that Trump and Bernie are actually fairly alike with the kind of populist messages that they both espouse. I mean, I mean, we can even see this at Belmont. A lot of people are supporting Bernie. Yeah, he's getting a lot of traction, at least with our age group. He's getting a lot of traction, um, and he's getting a lot of a lot of you know traction on social media. Um, but unfortunately, I I think there's a tendency among our age group to overemphasize the importance of social media in right. today's day and age because that's where everything for us is and that's kind of what real life is in a sense if it's not on the internet then it's not real right right yeah if it's not facebook official for me i just like i didn't know bernie existed for a long time <laughs> until he got a bernie yeah, for president facebook, I didn't bernie know. for president facebook page exactly <laughs> but but there's so many i mean the elderly love to vote and unfortunately or fortunately, depending on which party you are, typically the elderly vote for Republicans. And right. so someone who, like Bernie, who is trying to get this groundswell of support going, uh, especially among the youth, um, it's going to be difficult. I mean, we had one of the lowest, if not the lowest, voter turnout in the last presidential election among youth that we've had in yeah, I don't th- like 100 years or something. Um, yeah, I don't... I don't know. Are we are we a big generation of voters? Because I I'm just based on like my friends and like what I've seen. I I, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Um, I wish it would change, but I don't think. I when I've been talking to people about this who don't necessarily aren't super engaged in politics, right. they always say, "Well, my vote's not going to count. My vote's not going to matter. My one vote isn't going to do anything else." And I think that that speaks to the attitude that we have about the political system that no matter what actions we the people take i mean the first words of the constitution are we the people right and that no matter what actions we the people take is not actually going to affect politics and congress and the presidency yeah i mean that's that's kind of how i felt in the last election i knew i was going to vote in tennessee and i knew regardless of what i voted like Tennessee was going to be a Republican Romney state. was going to get the vote in Tennessee. There so was I was, just... Yeah, so I was sitting there like, well, I'm going to have to get my transfer ballots. I'm going to have to drive somewhere. I'm going to have to do something and quit playing video games for like five seconds to, do, to go vote. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm probably going to sit here and like continue to watch football or yeah. whatever I was doing. I mean, and so, I mean, maybe that speaks to the problem with the Electoral College, too, where you, if you're in a heavily, I mean, it's really only as the swing states that matter in presidential elections. Right. I mean that is kind of sad. When I when I learned that in high school, I was like, like, why am I ever? If I'm gonna live in Tennessee, like, why am I? I mean, Al Gore got more votes in 2000. He didn't win though. 
I can't think of Al Gore without <laughs> laughing and just like screaming man bear pig. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Joey, I, I've got a question for you. Hit me. Hit me. If the election was tomorrow, who would you vote for? Democrat or Republican? Who would you vote for? I'd probably do a write in. I would I would probably actually do a write in for Tom Brady. Either T B or Belichick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The Patriots have been too good for too long. I just, <laughs> I want to see this run continue outside of football. I feel like they can turn our nation around. You know, okay, but there's a danger in kind of electing a dynasty, right? <laughs> we're, we're talking about that with a potential <laughs> third, a, a third Bush and a second Clinton could be in the White House. I mean, do you really want a dynasty in the White House? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think you can ever have too many winners. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. I probably... I mean, if the election was tomorrow, I probably wouldn't go. I mean, for the same reasons that we just mm. talked about, like fully knowing that this is going to be a Republican state, I just like wouldn't think twice about it, and I would just continue to watch NBA League Pass and, and not not really sweat it. <laughs> I'd if, move I, on. if I wasn't laughing at your joke, I'd probably be weeping. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I would either do that or I'd just ask like you, and I'd be like, Jono, help me out. No, no, for? I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. You're the smartest guy in the room. Not this room, but every room. Back to Enron. <laughs> we all love Enron. Do we? I did. I love the movie, and I love the... Oh, uh, the movie was fantastic. And I love the scandal, too. You like the scandal. You don't like Enron, though. No. It's, no, it's like a train wreck, right? You don't actually the... like the fact that the train got wrecked, but you like seeing something destruct. No, Why I... do we like that? Why do we like destruction? Uh, explosions are fascinating. I don't know. Yeah. I just love that they were able to like fabricate entire markets out of nothing. Out of nothing. They had shell corporations out the wazoo. Trading energy? Yeah, energy yeah. futures. <laughs> futures. And I mean saying like like booking a booking a, an energy deal and constructing a plant but putting the future uh, projections for that plant into the profits, the current profits for that quarter. I love it. I love it. How in the world did they get away with the market to market? Is it's because well, who is it? Ar- Arthur Anderson or whoever was auditing them? It was Arthur Anderson, man. Just I, I they know didn't it. they didn't actually check. I know. I've seen. Uh, I've worked with people like at different firms and like the internships I've had. They worked for Arthur Anderson, and every single time they tell me their like history, everyone in the room just laughs. Like it is so funny because I mean, I mean, what office did that happen in? Was it? It was in Texas, right? Maybe it was like yeah, Dallas it was or something. Houston, I think Dallas. Yeah, Houston, like. All the people that I talked to were in like Nashville, or okay. they were in like, like I don't know, like Missouri. I mean, Arthur Anderson was like one of the biggest firms in the country, like two, three, or four. Yeah, and and like one day they're just like, oh, I don't have a job anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I, you know, I, I maybe that's because uh, maybe they really didn't want to audit them because if they found something fishy, then. They'd get paid less. Yeah, I don't know how that. I don't know how you sign off on that though. I don't know. Well, you can't do that anymore. Socks, just, socks um, is too intense. Yeah, socks is way too intense. But I don't know. Do people want to hear about socks? I don't think they do. Probably not. We're no. getting a little dry now. <laughs> We're wicked dry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, should we turn it in? Should we end the first pod? I think that was a pretty good one. I that feel was, good about it. I do too. I feel good. I feel good. So, so now we're gonna end the first. Uh, 
the first Locker Room Guys podcast. I appreciate you guys listening in. If you have any feedback as to like how we can do this better, you can contact me at joeymccorrick at gmail.com, or you can just like scream into the sky or like throw a hot dog up in the air. I'll likely to just swoop down and catch it. <laughs> but uh, thank you guys again, and we're going to head out. Thank you.